Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we have a truly inspiring guest joining us. Please give a warm welcome to Kane Stearns, a retired international insurance executive who took a leap of faith to pursue his dreams of travel and human connection. So Ken, we are thrilled to have you here. Avik, thanks so much. I, I mean, I really appreciate uh, <clears throat> having me on and letting me tell my story. Uh, it's, you know, it's so much fun in my role right now. Uh, I get a chance to hear so many other people's stories. Yeah. And uh, so it is, it's really appreciated when I get a chance to share my own. Great, great. So also like Katie's <laughs> journey is truly, truly remarkable. And from a career, or uh, I would say it's a successful career in the corporate world to embarking mm-hmm. on a nomadic adventure, your story is an inspiring to I'm an inspiration to all of us. So mm. as the creator and the host of The Jar Live, a podcast that delves into the lives mm. and stories of real people, so you have gained uh, unique insights into the human experiences. So um, that, that's, a, that's a great way. And uh, also, like uh, it's incredible like how sharing stories can create a powerful impact. Not only uh, have you been witness to the triumphs and um, like uh, tragedies of others, but you have also taken risks and pursued your own dreams. So leaving behind a successful career to venture into the unknown Mm. immense, immense courage. So uh, that's what I would definitely wanted to inform this to all our listeners that uh, definitely, definitely it requires a lot of courage, but yes, there is always a positive side of it. So that's fantastic. So your journey is a testament to the importance of living life to the fullest and also embracing the change. So we are excited yeah. to dive into many topics as we can explore today from travel and personal growth to resilience and uh, finding our own paths. So like, uh, thank you for joining on the show and uh, let's let's dive in and uncover the wisdom you have gained from traversing the globe mm. and connecting with people from all yeah. over. So welcome to the show. Yeah, Avik, thanks so much. You know, I think one of the great, um, I think one of the great risks I took, uh, you know, one of the first great risks I took uh, as a young executive was early on recognizing what I graduated in. The degree I got was in accounting. And after some short time in accounting, I realized it wasn't me. This wasn't a fit. And I took that risk. My wife was three months pregnant. I had a good job making good salary. And I quit that for a sales job okay. and just a stupid thing to do. <laughs> and, and even today, I look back and I think, man, that was really dumb. But I did the right thing. Hmm. And, and you know, and I got fired from two jobs. Courage to make those changes um, is interesting because it's not it's not really linear. You can make the the change and you, you think it's going to be like this, but it's, you know, life is full of zigzags and, you know, step back and step forward and step back, you know, and then I found myself some years later in India. Oh, then I was in Hong Kong. I was, I was in Hong Kong. Actually, I was hired in Hong Kong. I moved my family to Hong Kong as another big change in my life uh, was to drag my family overseas. And one of the first jobs I got was assigned to begin work at Tata uh, AIG <clears throat> to help start the company. And that led me to traveling all across India, uh, probably been to 
oh man, more than 60 cities. Um, small, and, and you can imagine small cities in India, <laughs> 5 million or 10 million. <clears throat> um, but for an American, you know, fantastic experience traveling around India and met so many wonderful people. And I just did my last, uh, what I didn't cover with you before is uh, one of my last jobs was with um, Future Generali. Oh. And for that job, I took residence in Mumbai for one year in 2021. Okay. 2020, 2021. And, and that's where I started really getting into the construct of a book I wrote. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wrote a book called Dear God. And, and it's a really, you know, it's an amalgamation. I think what you, your introduction was great because it, it's an amalgamation of my life thoughts. And, you know, I was raised Catholic. Uh, so I was a you know a good altar boy, a good Catholic boy, and you know, and, a, and I drifted away from the church as as many people do when you get into high school and college. Um, but that foundation was there, and I ended up living in Hong Kong, you know, China, which has no God, and you know, and I traveled to Indonesia, uh, you know, which is a Muslim country. Uh, I traveled to India, the biggest Hindu country. I traveled to Thailand, uh, the biggest Buddhist country. And I had all these different kind of spiritualities, uh, it's kind of cooking, you know, in my system, like a good, you know, like a good curry, right? All the, a lot of different spices in there and just kind of coming together. And I, so I wrote a book called Dear God, and, it, and it's really four parts to this book. And I think it's I think it's good for it's good background for your listeners because it gives them an idea of uh, what we'll talk about for the jar, the journey I'm doing now. Um, you know, I call the first part is a book of self. And that's your it's. Basically, your yesterdays, your todays, and your tomorrow. Mm. So it's you know it's how I think kind of what you talked about with your HR role. You know, talking to people, what's going on in your mind, and and how do you manage your thought process about how, your history, right? Things you know up till now, the people in your lives, the impact, and how you view that, and how you have the self talk, and then today, how to hold today. And then also the third part of that that chapter or that that part of the book was your tomorrows. Sure. How do you think about the future? The next part I called it the uh, book of others. So that's like between you and another human, yeah. and that's acceptance, forgiveness, compassion. If you can have that in your personal relationships, mm -hmm. you should be okay going through life, right? You're not going to have too many enemies, and you're and you'll make a lot of friends, and you and you'll be a good person. And the last one was, or the, the next one was uh, the book of all. That's kind of a humanity. Uh, I call that the kind of the way we look at humanity. And that's love, karma, and service. So meaning really going out to the to the world uh, with a loving heart, an open, loving heart. Um, you know, the, the simple Western view of karma, uh, which is leave things, you know, leave people better than you find them, leave things better, leave the world better off after your interaction you know don't bring people down don't don't bring things down lift things up and the last one was um service and going out into the world with a service mind how to how to serve humanity how to and, and again that's very you know explicit and tied in those parts right it's very you know kind of those three bind each other together and the last one was book of you it's like a book of god uh and whatever whatever that terminology you might use whatever your god would be or or your spirituality or universe or you know divine um and that was faith hope and prayer and i and i it's actually kind of interesting one of the uh one of the guys i worked with in india during my when i was living there last time um you know some really you know some really interesting guys and uh and people and and just sharing having them come in my office and then kind of saying hey you know now that we talked about business can we talk about this book thing i've got this idea in my head <laughs> and how and how to put that construct together and so i got a, actually a, a lot of a lot of what i just described the book idea was there but when i landed in india it was gibberish and you know in those 12 months i really got to solidify the structure of the book mm -hmm. I, I then moved to Vietnam uh, for a job, and that's where this idea of the podcast came together and integrating the podcast with the book. So a very unique podcast. It's So now what I've been doing uh, is when I when I came back from Vietnam uh, about 18 months ago, I, I bought a van, bought a mic and a couple of mics and some cameras, and I started driving around the country interviewing people 
face-to-face in their home. And the, the concept, the construct or the idea behind the jar, then the podcast is called the jar. And the idea is I have a very big, beautiful glass jar, custom made. I had somebody make the jar. So it's very intentional. And inside the jar are 444 questions about life, about those topics. Yesterday, tomorrow, today, tomorrow, love, you know, acceptance, forgiveness, compassion, love, karma, service, faith, hope, prayer. Those 12 topics, I created 444 questions. That's love. And it's a really interesting process to have somebody start. We sit down and the person pulls a card out. And we and they t- share their life story based on that question. So it's a really interesting way, very unique way to extract somebody's story and for them to share their story with the audience uh, in a powerful way uh, on powerful topics. And like you said, I'm I'm front. I've got a front seat to humanity, um, the goods, the bads, and you know the traumas, uh, the stuff that you. When you sit next to somebody in the office and you know them, but you don't really know them, you know, and everybody has a story. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a story. And a lot of them are amazingly powerful. And um, it's been it's been truly so far. I'm about halfway through and it's been an honor. You know, it's a, a, I am so lucky and so privileged to be able to sit and hold, you know, and hold space for somebody you know, and hear their story in a really intimate way. And for them to be able to share it. Hey, look, most people never get to talk for an hour and somebody listens to them, right? You think of anybody, you know, you, when you go, when you come home at night, your, your, your wife have time for this, do you put the kids in the house, a grand mom and dad around who's got time to really deeply listen to you. Yeah. And it's rare we get that chance. And so it's a, it's a really, really quite lucky uh, that I get to do this. And so that's kind of what I was, you know, what, uh, what I've been doing for the last, uh, I started in April last year. Okay. Wow. Well, that, that, that's a lovely thing. I would say that's a really lovely thing. And, uh, as I already mentioned that it needs a lot of courage and you definitely have it. And, and you are the inspiration for most of the people. Yes. So, uh, mm. so here I want to also understand like, um, that like, like the travel has played a lot of uh, role in your mental health journey and the person. Mm. So what are some of the most transformative experiences that you have had while traveling uh, that mm. have positively impacted your mental well-being? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. The really positive stuff. You know, it, it's, I, I think it's a summation. Um, there's been some, you know, there's incredible, you're alone. I am a lot. I mean, I have a small team remote, um, but I'm in a van, I'm in a van and by myself, I change cities every four days, every four days, I pack up the van, check out of a hotel or Airbnb. And I, and I drive whatever number of hours that day into another city. So I'm going to 111 cities across the United States and the introspection, you know, I, I, having this much time to swim in your own thoughts uh, while holding these memories and these impactful stories you hear from people. And, and so for me, it's this this dichotomy of of my own personal journey and being alone, being in my thoughts, um, you know, having to manage my own mental health. Right. Uh, and balance with hearing these, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of traumatic stories. I mean, very traumatic stories. I mean, people who have, people who have, I mean, I've people who have been in jail, uh, people who have been in jail for crazy things, you know, murder, attempted murder, um, people who have been in mental institutions, people, uh, drug addiction, alcohol, obviously alcoholism, um, rape, incest, um, violence, family violence, growing up as kids, you know, being you know, being beaten and things like this, you know, just really stuff you don't ever hear, you know, and you, and to hold space for that, um, incredibly difficult at times, right. You know, that internal, you know, trying to not absorb, 
you know, being a, a vessel for the for the conversation, but trying to not absorb it. But also, so the transformation for me is is really learning how to um, how to hold space for people in balance, and to make sure that that I can I can allow that story to reflect to to the world, and so people can can give their story up, and it's healing for people, really cathartic as they go through the the jar. It's interesting to see one question after another, and the story and the story of the person unfolds. So yeah, it's been. Uh, transformational in in that human interaction and understanding humanity that that's so lovely i would say and these stories will definitely uh, become a kind of resource and uh, kind of uh, knowledge sharing i would say for a yeah. lot of needy people uh, and because yeah we we also sometimes not aware of what's happening with us or maybe what what is going to happen but if we have all these ideas or if you have listened to all this uh, trauma areas that people have already faced so we can actually overcome this kind of negative uh, part and we can move it forward to the positive sides so that's that's a great great book i would say it's it's a great thing yeah oh avic you know the one some you know some really interesting uh takeaways one one of the takeaways uh is there's two things. Um, one is no matter how traumatic people's stories, we, I mean, as humans, so amazing. We own it. Yeah. No one would like, it's so there's, there's, there's kind of this stuff. And I'll come back to the second part of this, which, you know, which is you're not alone. Yeah. You know, what you find out is you're not alone. <laughs> you know, you're not the only one with this, you, you know, whatever your life experience is, someone's gone through something dang similar. So like you said, the learning is there. You listen, you're like, Oh my God, that's me. I had that, you know, that happened to me and to hear somebody overcoming it. And the fact that at a lot of, I often ask people, what would you change about your life? Nothing. That's it's, I mean, the human spirit is so unbreakable. You know, the, the, that's my, one of my biggest inspirations is no matter what we do to each other, uh, to others, you know, the human just somehow it becomes part of this process, part of becomes part of our our arsenal, part of our learning, and and we grow from it, and we become, you know, most of us really get stronger from it, and so it is just. I'm sometimes aghast when people are like, "I wouldn't change anything. It's who I am today. It's built me to the human I am," and I'm in this, and, and it's just like, I'm just looking at people going, "Wow." Because, you know, that was a bad life. I might swap that one out for another one. They're like, nope, that's me. It's made me who I am. And, you know, I got mad respect for that. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that, that, that that I mentioned, like, it's, it's a great way. Like, also, uh, I'd like to mm-hmm. also, um, understand your opinion. So in your opinion, like, what is the connection between stepping outside of our comfort zones through travel yeah. and uh, the potential for personal transformation and the growth. I'm a hundred percent a different person. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a, I'm just different in so many ways. That that stretching out and doing something, um, you know, first off, you have an idea, and at some point, you're going to tell people, sure. right? And then you know, you're going to hear. So I think for listeners imagining and planning and thinking and then you know you have to have that courage because when you do share it you're going to have different different camps of people you know there's going to be your quiet there's going to be the the vast majority of people are in that middle third you know they're just going to be quiet they're going to listen they're not going to support you they're not going to say it's crazy but you're going to have a lot of people on that side that are just going to look at you and go you're doing what you know and and just that those kind of questions can destroy your ideas, can destroy your motivation, destroy your confidence. And I think, you know, the, the the potential for transformation, getting out of your comfort zone and stretching, you become a different person. It changes you. It changes you almost at a molecular level. I mean, I'm a I'm a different person all the way deep. I mean, deep inside, I'm a different person. And it's because of the risk taking. I had a good job. I mean, I had a good career. I was 59, 58. I was at my peak earning. 
I mean, this was my next 10 years, my next, you know, my next four or five years, I was going to make more money than I made in the previous 10 sure. or previous 12. You know, I was at the peak of my experience, peak of my knowledge. And that was valuable in my industry. But I was empty inside. I mean, I, you know, I hated, I hated, you know, when emails came, you know, you know, email would come at 11 at night and I'd see, depending upon who it was from, I'd have a heart attack or I'd be, or I'd be pissed off. You know, I'd find myself, I'm, I'm looking at emails and I'm either, you know, there's only two reactions, angry or happy, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's not a way to live a life, right? You, you know, you cannot live like that. It didn't matter the money. I am. I have poured all my savings. I, I call this, you know, burn your. Be prepared to burn your boats. Yes. You know, to die on that hill. And if you have to be reborn, you'll be reborn. But be prepared to die on the hill that you want to go on, that you've got purpose for, and that you feel is your next part of your journey. You know, this is my next part. I I made this decision in my late 50s because I imagined what would I be doing? Who am I when I'm 75? Mm. Who am I? What am I doing at age 70? What does my life look like? And what value am I bringing? Um, you know, what's my purpose? I don't want to be around. I mean, the worst part in life is being 70 and just drifting, going to the grocery store, coming home, you know, what? Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine, you know, and, and this is retirement, right? This is the, what we're working for. You know, people are getting on the train every day somewhere, you know, outside of Gugon and driving into the centers and working their boots off and they're listening to this podcast, you know, and, and you have to do some of that grind. That's part of life and growing and learning and, and becoming, you know, more mature, you know, but always keep your mind on what's what does it look like? And who am I in 10 years? Who am I in 20 years? What do I want to be doing? What do I have? What am I learning? What have I learned? And what am I learning now that I can leverage into something different? You've done a great transition from HR, where you worked with humans, you saw, you saw what people are feeling, and how they relate to corporate, and the messaging and, and you talk about growth. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that touches on HR. And a lot of this topic, right, this is a very HR conversation. And, you know, you're you got to, you took that and said, there's an opportunity here to listen to people and to talk about, you know, fixing our mental health at work and being, you know, um, taking care of ourselves. And then, you know, by by default, your whole ecosystem around you, all the people that depend on you, not financially, but more morally, emotionally, you know, uh, people that, that depend on you in a different way. I mean, the financial part is there, you know, but we all know, you know, you come into this world with nothing, you leave with nothing. Okay. And when you look back on this, you know, at that moment, you'll want to, you won't be thinking, dang, I'm glad I died with a billion dollars in the bank. <laughs> you won't. You'll be thinking, you know, I should have. <clears throat> and yeah. And you don't. You know, I'm. It's not. I'm glad I have, because it, you don't take that with you. You know what you'll be feeling at that last moment. You'll be feeling your whole life in a flash. And does it add up to something where I left the world a better place? You know, or was I a net? Was I a net drain? It's a net drain, man. You probably got to come back down, and you know, you got to come back down and pay the bill. <laughs> True, true, definitely, definitely. And also, it's I, I believe uh, this transition, yes, definitely uh, needs a lot of understanding and a lot of uh, uh, managing the stuff as well. But mm -hmm. then also, like, uh, it, it's always uh, a great thing. So there is a, there's a one-liner, it says, like, uh, it's always better to have something rather than nothing. So, uh, like... Uh, uh, which which i definitely mean here it's like i i wanted to do something but because yes. I, I was into corporate i was into uh i mean what to say into the organization where i'm following what my organization need to do or want to want me uh to uh, share or want me uh, to uh, put the result but is it i am also looking for is it I'm also uh, wanting to do the same way which my organization wanted to do? Yes, I am doing the same because mm -hmm. the organization is paying me. But 
is it yes. something that i am doing good for the uh, uh, social for the people or which i wanted to do because uh, yeah earning for living is definitely there but then also the kind of satisfaction that it gives you a lot of uh, happiness and uh, motivation so mm. yeah there is that uh, i just saw an article the other day reminded me you know talked about culture mm. you know the work culture and you know boy the first i think all you need to know about some about many work cultures that they try to build and 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 you get caught up in that culture right like you just described right it's is the organization has a culture and they have a product and they're driving in this direction and we follow along and we i we used to call it from the west we call it drinking the kool-aid you know you drink the corporate kool-aid <laughs> Right. Everybody drinks the same, the same, the same thing. And, you know, we all love that same flavor and that we say that's the best flavor. And I mean, look, it, it's the first four letters are C-U-L-T. That's all you need to know because <laughs> there is no outside views. You know, it comes from the top. Uh, you're sitting in your cubicle and, you know, this is what you're told to think and believe and say. And, you know, they they change the banners and HR comes and talks to you about a new, you know, new something. <clears throat> as you said, those are things we got to do as as sometimes we're we have to work. There's there's no getting around. You need to eat. You need to pay the bills. You need to get some stability. You need to have some, you know, some foundation, some security. Right. We need to take care of those needs. Um, but, you know, constantly, you know, I just encourage your audience constantly think about what what aligns with me. What what should I be doing when I'm 70? Because that's a peaceful moment, right? That's a part where you can get rid of the, what does it look, the security issues, the rent, and all those things we worry about every day. What am I going to be doing when I'm 70? And and I think if you just, you know, if we know a lot about the mind, if you start asking the mind that, if you lay down at night and you ask for guidance, you know, ask yourself, ask your brain and the subconscious to go work on it at night. Go tell me, what am I doing? What does that look like? And and you will it'll come to you and you will and you will slowly do the things to get on that path. You know, you will find yourself and things will come to you because, you're, you know, your subconscious starts working on something. Your conscious mind is totally unaware, <clears throat> but decisions you're making at the conscious level are somehow going to got, you know, you'll end up in that place. Uh, that's just the way the mind works. It's a mysterious, you know, GPS system. You, you plot it if you plot it in your subconscious. You're conscious, you know, consciously you'll be making decisions that you don't really see are those little footsteps, you know, because you got your head down, but actually it's guiding you in that, in that, that right direction towards, towards what, what you look like. And, you know, we all have different gifts, different life experiences, and we can use those in so many different ways um, in life. Yeah. And it's finding that purpose is not easy though. I mean, you know, I don't I don't want to say that that's easy. My journey to finding my purpose is really bananas and it's cost me my life savings, you know, and but it's given me immense happiness. So strange exchange. So weird exchange. <laughs> it's a funny currency exchange. Well, that, that that's lovely. Okay, yeah. So um so also like uh, have you have you noticed any common themes or the patterns in the stories mm. shared by the people you have interviewed on your yeah. podcast um, regarding, yeah. regarding the impact of travel on their mental health? Mm. Yeah, a great, it's a great question. Um, it's almost like it's almost like we talked about this to be a perfect, the perfect question. <laughs> um, I do, I do another, there was a video that I made when I was putting the van together and, and it's got this, you know, I'm, we're putting these stickers on the van and I, and I have an overlay of my voice. Um, it's a short video I use periodically. And basically I say on this thing that I'm going to go on this journey. I'm going to go to 111 cities. I'm going to interview 444 people. And I'm going to look for that common, that common thread. What is that common thread and mental health? I mean, I, I you know, I was, I went from, April for really for the beginning of April last year, all the way until December. And I, and I just, every four days I moved cities. I didn't take any breaks. There's no Saturday. There's no Sunday. There's no 7am. There's no midnight. I just, I talked to people all over the world. I mean, but, but the job, the main jar part was just traveling in the U S and, and just interviewing and mental health became, I was shocked 
really honestly have it shocked at how how much of a crisis we're in in America. And, and I'm sure it's the same all over the world. You know, the mental health crisis is real. And and so I started a podcast, another podcast, one I do online, like a Zoom type call. And, and I call that's it, called Mental Health Today. Okay. And um, and it's I've done I started that in March of this year. So 11 months after I started the first podcast, I started another one. Um, and it's really talking to professionals in the mental health space, mostly um, up till now. I'm I'm rebranding it right now with with a small team, but for me it was seeing the mental health crisis. Now, but to come back on that, everybody's gone through some kind of a journey. So I'm meeting the way we find our guests is through uh, advertising. We just like a Facebook ad. I'll, I'll put a Facebook ad and say, you know. Hey, Grigon, you know, the jar is coming to your city, you know, click here to be a guest. And so we find people these ways or, or, or a couple of you through LinkedIn. And the common theme is they've been on a journey. And, and when I meet them, typically they're not in the middle of the madness. You know, they're, they're at some calm point. And I kind of like my articulation is I'm meeting them and they're on this brand new road to them. So for them, they've come off another road. You know, you imagine these intersections, right? And I'm catching them just on the other side of an intersection. And they're they're like, yeah, we're going that way. And they have this clean, beautiful map and a pencil and a compass. And they're, you know, and they're on their journey. And the and the road behind them is not a good road, mostly. Right. That's the one they overcame. So they've just come off that road. And it's like but I'm going here. And, and so it's just so heartwarming to me that people can overcome this stuff. And, and I meet them, you know, some tough stories. I just met this, this couple, um, they're at, we call like a halfway house in America. It's a place where, you know, if you've, if you've had a rough go and you're, you're essentially part of the state now you're, you're unca- incapable of caring for yourself. Um, and so there are resources in America which will help kind of pick you up. And and sometimes there's places where they go. It's like a, you know, it's like a, a residence for, you know, where a lot of people stay. And but there are people who are all broke. And, you know, I just interviewed a couple in a place like that, but they had hope. I mean, the thing was, she was off the streets. She had been living on the streets. And um, and so you can imagine you're coming off the streets and no matter how how dumpy your apartment is, you know, no matter how bad it is, it's way better than living on the street. Right. And just the hope. Right. And I'm in this place and I'm looking around and I'm going, this is a rough place to live. They couldn't be more excited, you know, cause it's, they got hope I'm off the streets and I have enough, you know, the next step is, is this, it's, you know, it's a, it's a powerful thing. Hope. And the human spirit is really, it's the other, th- uh, the, the other common finish a question is the other common thing, theme is the human spirit is unbreakable Hmm. it's just i had no idea that's that's a great great way like i I like the explanation you mentioned about this Uh, so like from this also i wanted to understand about what have been so unexpected lessons or uh, insights you have gained about yourself and your mental well-being through your experience mm. with the travel and the inner exploration. Yeah. Um, so yeah, say that that first part again. The, what have I've I've learned uh, f- about my own mental health? Really? Yeah. It's a good. I don't think that I really. I don't think I really appreciated mm. my positive outlook. I mean, I knew I was a goofy. Uh-huh. I call myself a bit of a goofy, positive person. <clears throat> and I don't think I really appreciated the resilience uh, that I had built up uh, during the and And this is partly doing, you know, crazy things like quitting, you know, quitting a corporate job a couple of times, changing careers, moving my family overseas, moving myself around uh, in Asia and and just changing jobs and changing roles. So, you know, I thought. I, I was done with corporate and I think corporate had really broken me by then. You know, I was PTSD um, for sure. 
you know, because when I, I I think when I finally landed back in the U.S. and and after some time on the road, I was like, man, I'm a little bit broken. I was surprised how well I held it together. And and to look back and think, man, had I taken that next corporate job and the next one, right? Had I chased the money, because I could have swallowed, I could have pushed, you know, we can push it, like this break said, the, the strength of the mind, right? I could have pushed all that down. Yeah. I could have, I could have, I could have absolutely kept hard. And, and, and it's hard, right? You're keeping yourself, I call that keeping yourself hard. You know what I mean? That crust on the outside, right? Nothing's going to get into the soft inside, right? You know, I mean, you're like an HR guy. You have to have some, you had to have some tough conversations. So you know what that's like, right? You have to be absolutely icy steel yeah. while you're dealing with human emotions that are real and impactful to people's lives. So I had that self-reflection, you know, the ability to look at myself and go, whoa, you know, what did, was I broken? Did I come out of this okay? You, you know, how much of a toll did my corporate career take on me as a, as a person? And, and I think I've, I think I've healed from all that. I mean, I, honestly, it's a, it's a real thing, PTSD, especially the higher you go up in corporate, uh, it, you know, the, the, the stakes become higher. You know, every everything, every decision becomes a little bit more risky. The stakes are higher. Uh, the impact, the decisions more profound. Uh, relationships with people more complicated. Sometimes you find people don't really want you to succeed when you get the higher you get. <laughs> they want to kill you. <laughs> and especially in India, you know this, right? I mean, India, I am like, it is so amazing that you can see 10,000 people on a train coming into the station in Mumbai. All getting off and going into these buildings, and somehow you can become a vice president. You can have an office. Okay. True. You are you are already a baller, man. You are already one in a million. You know. See, so, you know. So it's just so cool to me in India. Like this is such a, uh, it's such a hard place, right? Of and grinding of survival. So, I mean, I can imagine the mental health in India has got to be really tough. Definitely, you know, very tough right now and i would say like uh after this covid um uh, so mm. covid definitely uh, uh was a kind of devastating stage where people yeah. uh, have gone through a lot of trauma a lot of stress and even people have lost their uh known as well so yes but the good part also is it has taught us what we must do and yes it has also uh, helped us understand that our body, our soul, our mind uh, is is the most important part, which we must focus on priority. Mm. Yes. Jobs will come and go. Uh, companies will come and go. But mm -hmm. you, you will be there. You will be there. So you must take care of yourself. So that I, 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 I am happy that uh, people started understanding this. And this yes. kind of needs to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And and no one's no one's gonna no one's coming to save you. True, definitely. I, and no <laughs> no, like this is a reality, right? No one's coming to save you. They're trying to, you know, eat, most people are just trying to save themselves. And um but having said that, I mean that's in a general sense. The the other part of that is never be afraid to reach out. Right. And Never be afraid to to check in on somebody. Yeah. Just call and say hi. You know, I, I this I just had a conversation yesterday with a good friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, and um, one of our uh, somebody we went to high school together with. I didn't know the jet. I didn't know him very well. Um, it's a big school, but this guy had become close to him over the last several years, and kind of took him on as a friend because he needed a he needed a friend, mm. and uh, he was just in the. He was just in this city together with the same city with him. And when he when he travels there, they always get together. And the gentleman was reaching out to him, saying, you know, he was a little bit ill. He had some he'd smoked his whole life. And I think that was having an impact on his health. <clears throat> and he was asking to meet the guy earlier. Can we meet earlier? Can we meet earlier, a day earlier, a few days earlier? And two days before they met, he took his life. 60 years old 
Um, and you, you know, and my friend called me and he just like, I we're texting, you know, Thursday or th- okay, third. I can't see a Thursday. You know, you want to see earlier. How about Wednesday? I'll see you. You know, let's have dinner Wednesday. And he said, nothing's different. Everything's the same, except, you know, just one eats earlier. And, you know, then he finds out the next day that he's taken his life. So we just, you know, and this guy, well, there were signs, right? There were, he was reaching out and asking things a little bit differently. You know, not that, not that we can, we, we never know what's in somebody's head, but, you know, just a reminder, be kind to people and to take care of people in your circle, you know, reach out and check on people. Um, it's not a, it's not a bad thing to do to ask somebody how are you really doing and you mean it and feel like you mean it not hey how's it going you know not a greeting but a, a a question where you're asking no 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 i mean like really how are you doing and just let it let them if if they need to you'll probably get someone to open up you know and i think it'd be great if we all did that every you know every week just find someone and just ask them that question sometime uh it's a beautiful thing when someone just looks at you and just says, actually, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. I mean, you save a life. Yeah. That's it. That's save. A, you could. Yeah. yeah. Just the suicide thing is, I don't know if it's like that in India. If you have a, <clears throat> well, we have a suicide problem here with the military. You know, we send a lot of our young boys over to do terrible things and they come home and there's really, you know, crap resources uh, after that. And we have about, I think it's about 30 American soldiers commit suicide every day. It's a lot of mental pressure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah. definitely, uh, these, these things will definitely start uh, coming to an end. Uh, because when people I agree. analyzing and understanding these things, uh, definitely, because uh, suicide is not a solution. So, but the solution is uh, you need to understand, you need to prioritize which you want rather than mm. uh, just running behind uh, the money that, uh, okay, I have to get the money. So that's the reason I have to go to the, um, I have to follow this organization rules and everything. So yeah, if, if you like, if you like that thing, just go ahead with it. But if you can't mm. handle the pressure, so pressure is something uh, which, which we do not need to take. We do not need to take it's it's all about yes. enjoying we must enjoy what we uh want to do or what we are doing so uh that enjoy if there is an enjoyment then uh the satisfaction comes and uh we, we can we can uh remove this stress or maybe this kind of uh unrealistic uh pressures so uh, yeah it is i and, and you know having it i mean that i to come back and, and circle around on that, leverage on that. I, I don't want to say all my corporate career, I was doing things with the corporate I didn't love or believe in. I mean, we did a lot of good work and really did believe a long time in what I was doing and the people, the leaders, and a lot of the leaders you work for. Good leaders can make a lot of that corporate stuff mm. less less painful, right? Less that incongruence can be a little bit less painful if you're working for a good leader. And and you believe in what you're doing for humanity, um, you know. I think those are the great moments. I had some a few years there, many years, but but a few of really spectacularly where everything was aligned. Mm. You know, everything worked right. The bosses were great. the The culture, even though it was cultish, very cultish, I loved it, and I and I swam in it, man. I swam in that sea. I I, <laughs> I did. I frolicked in the surf of, of that cult. And because it was what we were doing was good work. I felt like it was good work. The people I worked for were good humans. We had a good direction. Um, it was, you know, I could think they, they had enough vision to where it satiated. That's the right word. It satiated my own passion. It's crazy, <clears throat> but it worked, right? And and that. So I think you've probably in your HR career, you've been in those moments where everything's kind of you've got a great boss, the, the CEO's great, your HR head's great, and everything's just working. You're like, this is lovely. And then when it's not, it's not lovely. Right? It's the opposite of lovely. Exactly. Maybe I'll tell the story about um how are we doing on time? How's our how's our time? We okay? Uh like uh here, the my timings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just have a I have a small a short story. 
Yeah, yeah, please, please, please do share. Yeah. I'll tell a short story. And and this kind of ties into um the change, right? We talked about, you know, change and risk taking and what does that look like? Yeah. And um so I'll tell a I'll tell a little story about really how a lot of this started. Mm-hmm. Um and and how did I you know, there's a lot of different components to it, but there is one story that kind of articulates. Okay. I'm trying to describe, like, give it the right words, right? But but I'll just tell the story, and we'll we'll figure out what it means later. <laughs> yeah. So, at at some, I was uh I was here in the U.S. and on a vacation, and this I was about 52. This is about eight years ago, and um, and I just had a I had for whatever reason, I wanted to try to guitar to play guitar. I wanted to learn guitar at 50 something. I, I, I had a guitar when I was about eight years old and I put that down. I was playing trumpet. I was a trumpeter as a kid and I, and I tried to pick up guitar. I lost, I, you know, couldn't do both. I was doing too many things. I was a young kid. And then I had one in late after college and I gave that to somebody for a weekend. I never saw it again, you know? And so I was like, this is my third try. And I really want to learn. I, I want to give it a try, a proper try. And my my self-talk was, I'm going to buy, I don't want to buy a cheap guitar because I won't want to play a cheap guitar. Sure. I'm going to I'm going to spend real money. Yeah. But to do that, I had to promise myself. So I entered a contract with myself, <laughs> which is I'll buy whatever the guitar costs. I, I'll find the one I love and I'll spend the money, but I will take lessons yeah. for two years. I will find a teacher. I'll take a lesson every week for two years. It's a hundred lessons sitting down with somebody, not a big deal. And then I'll make a decision whether to keep going or to drop it. But I can't just buy any, I can't buy an expensive guitar and not give it a go. Like I need a really proper try. So I made the contract with myself and I went into this huge guitar store in Las Vegas. Oh. This brand is really, you know, and imagine Vegas, everything's big, right? I go into this huge store and they have a guitar, acoustic guitar room. And, you know, this is a pretty large room with maybe a couple hundred guitars in it. And they're, you know, floor to ceiling, Avic, floor to ceiling. And in the middle of this island of another, like, you know, 50 guitars or something. It's just unbelievable. And there's people, you know, walking around. We're walking around in a circle and I'm just going, I don't even know how to pick one up. I don't know what I'm looking for. I have no idea. All I know is I'm a right-hand player. After that, I don't, you know, I don't <laughs> I don't know anything of what I'm doing. And I'm super intimidated, and I'm honestly feeling like this is a bad idea. Like at this point I'm like, I just this I don't know now. You know, I'm losing my confidence. It sounded good in my fantasies. And there's this one guy, this one gentleman, and he's moving around and he's kind of picking up a guitar and he's playing. And he's picking up a guitar and he sits and all of a sudden, I found himself like you and I are face to face, and and he's got this guitar in his hand, sitting on a stool, and I just look at him and I'm like, I just felt compelled to ask him. I'm like, hey man, you know this is this is my situation, and I told him my story. I said, you have any advice on which guitar? And he just looks at me. He goes, get the red one. Okay. The red one. Because you know, the red one, the one you see across a crowded room. The one that talks to you, the one you want to hold, the one you want to never let go. You want to pick it up. You want to play it. You want to look at it. It just speaks to you. That's the one. I was like, I know it. That's that's it. That's the one. And so, and I was like, thank you, thank you. And there's all this guy was almost like an angel. Like I'm not even sure he really existed in a way, right? You know what I mean? Because he was there at that moment just for me. And and the way that I bumped into him and then the, I mean, the way he looked at me and just said the red one. And how could you ever forget that? And that led me back to, uh, I went back to Asia. I was living in Thailand at the time. And I met a guy there, a Filipino. I, I searched out guitar teachers and this guy is amazing. Massive impact in my life. Yeah. Third or fourth lesson. He starts saying, we should write a song. We should write a song, dude. I can't even play two two. I can't even play two notes that sound good. <laughs> I, I'm not writing any songs. I can't even play the guitar. And it was funny because he kept saying it. And then I realized at some point, you know, I am a good writer. I have good lyrical. Like my when I write, and I had some notes 
It's funny. When I was traveling, I had started the book, Dear God, and I had a couple of chapters kind of with chicken scratch, you can call it, on pieces of paper. And I had buried those three years earlier. I went in my, so I said, you know, it's about the third time he asked. I went, hang on. I went in my room, went in the drawer, pulled this stuff out and flipped open this, these loose leaf papers. And I found this one called faith. There's a chapter on faith. And, um, and I was like, okay, I think we can make this work. And so we started highlighting some lines that I'd written some some words that I'd written, which actually looked like part of a chorus, part of a verse. And before I knew it, after a couple of Sundays, we had written a song. I had written my first song. And I was like, whoa, how did that? I can't even play guitar. <laughs> this is great. And he was providing the music, the notes, and, and I had the words. And, you know, we went on to produce about four or five songs. And, um, you know, for fun, really just for, you know, this is for fun, right? I never imagined I'd be a songwriter, but the fact that I could just do this as for a funny for me was great. But the weird thing happened was I ran out of words because I, I just was, you know, I hadn't written anything in two or three years. So to satisfy my urge and my joy of writing music, I had to get back to the book cool. and I started writing the book, Dear God because I had a guitar teacher who inspired me because I bought a guitar based on somebody telling me to pick the red one because I made a con and I, that was because I made a contract with myself. So unrelated to every other. So, you know, I, I wanted to learn how guitar and I ended up writing a book. And, and so that, and that obviously that book, I was in Thailand at the time, shortly after that, as I started writing it, I ended up in India as I shared. And that's where the construct of the book came, the four parts, you know, yesterday, you know, yourself, book of self, book of others, book of all, book of you, meaning God. And so it's quite, I, I just give courage to the audience. You don't have to know where it's going to take you, but follow your own little ideas, you know, with joy, with abandonment, um, with an open mind and follow the journey, right? The path, you know, you, the, True. There's an old Irish saying, right? The path will rise to greet you, and but it won't rise to meet you if you're not moving. Exactly. And it, 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 so you have to do like you did, which is, you know, you you took the step out. You, this may not be your final place. You know, you, you're still on the journey. You're only six months in. Right. You know, you don't know where it's going to lead you. Mm. And And so this is, I think, the encouragement for people in the grind, going to work every day, doing the thing. And it's hard to get out of that circle, right? You're in that thing, right? Yeah. And And you and I did it. We just jumped out of the airplane. I don't even check my pair. We didn't even check our parachutes, right? We just jumped. <laughs> sure. You know, so it's, I think for people is take those steps, do those things that you, you know, you think may not lead to anything, but do them for joy, do them for yourself, do them for, you know, do it for your own pleasure, your own ideas, your own self-development and take that. It's not a risk, right? Those early stuff are just moving so the universe will make a path for you, right? It's like, oh, this guy, this guy's investing in himself. Look at what they're doing over. Have you seen this guy sound? He's doing something. And so, the, you know, the universe is like, well, we got to help that guy, you know, and boom, they'll start building the road for you. And when you get there, you'll be like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So here I would like to um, quote uh, uh, Hindi. Uh, so here in India, uh, so we speak Hindi. So, um, there's a Hindi quote uh, from a very famous movie and from a very famous actor. Uh, okay. No, Shah Rukh Khan, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, so you've been to Mumbai, so he, uh, so yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a movie. Uh, I, I don't know, like I should take the name here or not, but um, so uh, Shah Rukh Khan definitely I, I can mention. So in that movie, uh, he he mentioned one thing. Uh, so though the movie was uh, into different thing, but uh, the quote which he mentioned uh, as a dialogue uh, was it's very relevant, I would say, because what you are mentioning right now so it says in hindi it says and i'll then convert into english so he uh he mentioned that uh itni shiddat se maine tumhe paane ki koshish ki hai ki har zarre ne mujhe tumse milane ki shazis ki hai so it it means like uh things which we are doing uh with very uh, uh like uh, focusing focusing uh that thing we are uh working on 
so then the universe or the energy will definitely help you get that thing uh, uh, immediately so that is a that is a main uh, main thing yes so if you if you're wanting something if you're um, ch- chasing something uh, with a great heart and with yes. uh, good hope and with uh, that uh, uh, challenge that yes uh, i i need that i want to do that definitely universe will help you uh, with that thing so that, that's a, that's a great thing yeah oh that's so funny i i just love that the- that there are, you know, for any any Hindi quote, right? Any Hindi, there's, you know, uh, there's there's going to be a, a, a universal one probably in Chinese, yeah. right? And then there's going to be one, <laughs> there's going to be one in some sort of Irish or older, you know, U.S. is really too young to have any great quotes like that, any of these historical kind of, you know, generational things. You know, we're just a couple hundred years old. So it's going to come from, you know, old, old cultures, uh, where these just these very similar things come together. And you're like, how is that possible? It's, it's just things we know. Yeah, I'm a I'm really a big believer in this, you know, like we we talked about the manifest, you know, say manifestation in and, you know, but manifestation is not just about um, dreaming and thinking, right does require those you have to do you have to make the investment. You have to show the universe, uh, like I was saying, you know, if you imagine it in your subconscious, if you could put it down in there and start to do the things, you know, it'll happen. I don't really, you know, mind for mind really was quite innocent. Um, you know, just making that first step of a guitar, just following a little dream. And man, it's crazy how. Exactly, exactly. I, I really believe that guy that I met in the store was put there for me to meet. And it, it was up to me to ask that question. Had I not asked that person, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. yeah I mean, that the simple courage, really courage for me, because I'm not that kind of guy. I don't just walk up to people and I like that definitely was not me back then. Um, so to ask that and be vulnerable. And that guy could have said so many things. He could have crushed my dream. I mean, he could, you know. He could have said a thousand different things, but nothing more powerful than the red one. And and then my guitar teacher is an interesting guy. He is the son of a priest with his mother out of wedlock. (laughs) So this is a guy who's, you know, in so many cultures would be so abandoned. You know, and like you think about how many years ago this would have been, right? You know, in so many cultures, this is not the kind of person who would even be recognized. Um, his father traveled and his father used to travel a lot. And he went away for apparently one time for a few years. And when he came back, he found out he had a new son. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he found out who the father, who the husband, you know, the father was with his with his, with his wife, it was the priest who was consoling her while her husband disappeared. And uh, and so this guy's born, he's a special guy, right? He's not supposed to be here. Hmm. And the fact that I found him in Thailand, that we would meet in Thailand, and he would encourage me to do something that I'm most unlikely to do, which is to write a song. And, you know, so me having the courage to ask this guy at the guitar place, the the luck absolute random luck to meet Alonzo and to have him change my life by asking, you know, a simple, let's write a song. I'm hard to just write a song. And it seemed so mad, you know, so goofy, but also like the way it was, it was like so logical because here I was, I was already, I was already an idiot. I just bought a, you know, I, I spent, how many, you know, rupee, I'm trying to remember how much rupee, but I spent about 1500 us dollars on a guitar. <laughs> it's stupid amount of money right and um and but that was what i knew would make me like if i did that i knew i would not drop the guitar for two years right i would absolutely stay with it uh but just all those things that uh, you know intentional intentional actions lead to these unintentional things in, in a way right these opportunities and, and things that the universe will put in front of you keep your eyes open i you know my other message for people is keep your eyes open the universe is real. It's talking to you. It's there. I mean, I was asleep for so long and missed so many subtle signs that the universe is guiding us and help. And 
Mm. It's not really guiding. It's waiting for you to recognize it's there. I, I guess is the is a better way of saying it. <clears throat> Definitely. It's there. The universe is there. It's watching. It's watching you, waiting for you to recognize it. Mm. And when you give it that power of recognition and you ask for guidance and, and you start to do some intentional things for yourself, your family, mm. uh, the, the people you love, mm. uh, the path will rise to meet you. Exactly. Definitely. That's true. That's true. That's definitely true. And uh, yeah, that that's great. And so, so that's, that's a, that's a great episode, I would say. Uh, yeah. It's a great you. way to wrap it. Right. It's a great, great wrap up thought. Yes. Yes. And thank you, Ken, for joining us today and sharing your uh, insights on this interplay between the uh, in, uh, inner exploration and the mental health. Mm. So, so, so as, as we wrap up this episode, it's, it, it's very clear that travel has the potential to be a transformative force into our lives Absolutely. and uh, offering opportunities for self-discovery, healing, and the personal growth. So through stepping outside our, uh, like custom, uh, I mean, comfort zones, we open ourselves up to a new perspective mm. and find resilience in the face of the challenges so um yes uh, and your uh, like also your experiences as a podcast host uh, engaging with individuals from all walks of the life have allowed you to witness the power of personal mm. stories and the resilience of the human spirit so thank you ken for reminding us of the importance of embracing our dreams taking risks yeah. and uh and nurturing our mental health through the transformative power of travel. So, mm. um, so thank you again. And also for the listeners, I'd like to mention that we hope this episode has sparked your wanderlust and inspired you to embark on your own journey of self-discovery. So remember, I hope so too. Yeah, definitely. And also like always remember that nurturing our mental well-being is an ongoing process and travel can be, mm powerful tool in that journey so uh, thank you for tuning into this episode of healthy mind and healthy life and uh, remember to subscribe and leave us a review and stay tuned for more empowering conversations and until next time take care and keep exploring thank you so much